It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. I'm John Saucier. The United Nations General Assembly is going on in New York City this week, and without coincidence, Russia is making some big moves in its war with Ukraine. President Putin is getting ready to send thousands more troops into this war. Mobilization is something that really sort of could awaken you know, anger among a lot, of the, a lot of the population. So I think Putin will keep a tight handle on it, but you know, this, could, this could definitely engender more popular resentment towards the war. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Russia is doing something we haven't seen since World War II, mobilizing troops into war. President Vladimir Putin is also once again speaking about nuclear weapons, and those comments came right before President Joe Biden's speech at the U.N. General Assembly on Wednesday. President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non-proliferation regime. But it also seems as if the discontent for this war is growing within Russia. He, he framed it basically saying, you know, the West is using the Ukraine conflict to weaken attack Russia. Our guest today is John Hardy, Deputy Director of the Foundation for the Defense Democracies Russia Program. The West, you know, Western, uh, Ukraine's Western backers are trying to encourage Kyiv to, you know, take the fight to Russian territory. And he, he noted, or he accused some, you know, quote-unquote irresponsible Western politicians of uh, even making nuclear threats against Russia. So in that context, he said, you know, Russia will use every weapon in our arsenal you know, I mean, including nuclear weapons to defend our territorial integrity and Russia and the Russian people. Um, I think, you know, Putin has, has rattled the nuclear saber before during this conflict. I think what's particularly significant about this instance is that, you know, as the listeners may know, Russia is pre- preparing to annex um, the, the occupied territories in Ukraine. So um, it's possible the, these nuclear threats are sort of meant to, to be a deterrent to even to its Western um, backers, that you know they, they should not attempt to take the fight, continue uh, you know Ukraine's counteroffensive in these occupied territories because they will now be you know in Russia's eyes part of Russian territory and therefore uh, covered by Russia's nuclear umbrella. Right. So don't take this back; it's ours now, sort of thing. But how has Ukraine done in taking back former Russian occupied territory? Uh, in this war. It seems like this counteroffensive has had a lot of positives, but uh, are they still on the move? Are they still getting their old territory back, Ukraine? Right. So as, as the listeners probably know, uh, there was this stunningly successful counteroffensive in Kharkiv Oblast uh, very recently. Um, there's also an ongoing push in Kherson Oblast in the south. Um, you know, the, the former was very, very successful, very uh, quick. Uh, the, the latter is taking more time. Um, I do expect Ukraine will, will probably take will take more territory there and probably elsewhere, too. Um, you know, you just can't, can't always expect things to go as rapidly as they did in Kharkiv, where, where Russian forces were very thinly manned 
um, and, and the lines broke very quickly. Um, overall, I'd say, you know, the, the correlation of forces is trending in Ukraine's favor. Russia has a severe manpower problem. Uh, they struggle to stretch increasingly thin forces across the, the pretty vast battlefield, which I think is exactly why Putin has opted for mobilization. So, um, you know, Putin probably hopes that those troops can, um, if not allow Russia to continue taking ter- territory, at least enable it to hold on to the territory it already controls. But, you know, those forces will take some time to get onto the battlefield. Uh, so Ukraine still does have a window of, of opportunity to continue retaking uh, ground. Russia has suffered all sorts of casualties in this war, of course, as Ukraine has. But we've got reports that the casualties on the Russian side might be a lot higher. When you say the mobilization, of course, you're talking about Vladimir Putin's plan to bring in up to, what, 300,000 troops from Russia into Ukraine. How will this tip the balance of power in this war? Yeah, that's the stated goal. I think we, we should keep you know, a few things in mind. Um, first, uh, Russia's military is not the Soviet army. It's not a mass mobilization system is not designed to take in, you know, uh, many tens or even hundreds of thousands of troops all at once and then quickly deploy them successfully to the battlefield. So this will take some time to organize, you know, collect everybody, organize them, train them, uh, give them some more pressure training, equip them, and then get them into Ukraine. So, you know, I, I think this is a very significant decision, but we shouldn't expect there to be immediate impact. Um, as I alluded to previously, uh, you know, I think this, this does change that dynamics, and it will over the coming months. But uh, Ukraine uh, still does have uh, uh, plenty of advantages in uh, in the war, uh, Western support, intelligence, etc. And, you know, at least until many of these troops arrive, I think it'll still have a manpower advantage. And it, it may retain that advantage um, even, you know, after the, the, um, the mobilized Russian forces arrive en masse. It just remains to be seen. Uh, you know, uh, how well and how quickly Russia um, can can get them organized and trained and equipped. Right. And as if um, there is no immediate impact right now for Ukraine, we actually have seen an immediate impact in Russia as a result of this announcement of mobilization with hundreds of Russian citizens who have taken to the streets and cities all across the country to protest this war and hundreds of them arrested as well. Do you think that Putin is past the point of people being into this war uh, what is the feeling in Russia, and could 300,000 more troops being sent into Ukraine actually hurt his war effort? Russia's been struggling with a manpower shortage for you know, quite some, some months now, and I think the, the reason Putin did not do this earlier when it could have helped more is precisely because it's, it's deeply unpopular. Um, many, I'd say even maybe the majority of Russian people just really want to check out from the war. They don't really want to think about it. They definitely don't want to be you know, involved in fighting in it. So, um, you know, mobilization is something that really sort of uh, uh, awaken could awaken, you know, anger among a lot of the a lot of, a lot of the population. You know, I, I don't think the Russian authorities will have any tolerance for, uh, you know, uh, anti-mobilization protests. Which, you know, as you just mentioned, there's already been arrests. So, uh, I think Putin will keep a tight handle on it. But you know, this could this could definitely um, engender more, uh, you know, popular resentment towards the war. We're on today with John Hardy, Deputy Director of the Foundation for the Defense Democracies Russia Program. His research focuses on Russian foreign and security policy, U.S. policy towards Russia, and the post-Soviet space. Nuclear weapons mentioned again by Putin, and the United Nations is taking notice. We'll have more for you right after this. 
Now, Putin has cracked down on Russians during the entirety of this war from the media not allowing them to report anything outside of what the Russian government is reporting to a number of different things. We have reports that he was even bringing Ukrainian citizens into Russia and making them live there, basically. But now with this mobilization of troops, you're seeing some Russians fleeing. And the reason why we are noticing this is because the flight prices from Moscow to other places like Dubai, Istanbul for a one-way economy flight are averaging somewhere around like $9,000 right now. The idea is that people are trying to get out of Russia before an even greater mobilization goes on and they get to the point where Russian borders are closed and you see uh, men who are of fighting age being pushed into the war. Do you see it going that far where Russia shuts down its borders and really just goes all out on this? Yeah, that's, that's a distinct possibility. As of this morning, uh, the Kremlin spokesperson said he didn't have any info on whether the borders would be closed. I, I would suspect they'd need to do that. There's already been um, quite a lot of uh, you know, flights from Russia, particularly among the best and brightest. And, and I would have to imagine this will accelerate that, that flight. Now, John, what do you know about Americans who are traveling to Ukraine to enter this theater? In general, Ukraine has this you know, foreign legion, basically integrating foreign uh, fighters, volunteers into its forces. Um, you know, it's not an insignificant number of troops. I, I wouldn't say it's you know, a vast or decisive quantity. Um, I, I think, in, you know, in my opinion, the way Westerners have helped and probably should help the most is, especially Western uh, service members and former service members, is by uh, you know, training Ukrainian forces. Many, uh, you know, some dozens have gone over there to to train um, you know, fresh Ukrainian troops. Um, there's also sort of an, an uh, informal and informal hotlines for um, helping Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian troops uh, maintain equipment. So that's very useful. You know, uh, you know, in terms of uh, volunteers themselves, I, I think it's probably a small number um, and not particularly uh, decisive to the, to the war. Last question, and probably the most important one. What do you think the chances are that Vladimir Putin does, in fact, introduce a nuclear weapon into this war, whether it be a tactical nuke or something even worse? That's a great question. It's, it's really, you know, keeping all of us up at night. I'd say that the way it would probably go is, you know, some sort of, uh, like a threat, maybe a, a demonstrative use in the Arctic or even the Black Sea or something, um, before we got into a scenario where he's actually using them in Ukraine, like maybe Snake Island or something. Um, and then there, you know, there'd be threats, and then perhaps eventually a very limited use against um, some sort of target in Ukraine. Um, we're, we're not there yet, and I don't think um, it's likely we'll get there. But it, it's definitely something we have to keep in mind, and the, the risk is certainly heightened. John Hardy, Deputy Director of the Foundation for the Defense Democracies Russia Program. Thank you so much for your insight here and joining us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Of course, thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.